is episode 297 of You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp. A lot of shit happened this week. Um, I'll start with... Hmm, getting a... Getting a text from the garage mechanic extortionist who basically said, listen, if you keep your car here any longer, I'm going to start charging $125 a day for storage starting on Monday. That's this past Monday. It's now Friday if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. And, well, I haven't been able to get my car back. I tried to do a a quick, uh, I I shot the message out to a bunch of friends and some family, and I was like, help, help me get my car out of Hawk, maybe. Also in the uh, family text thread, I was like, oh, I'll come up to Utah, I'll live, I'll live with the parents again, I'll, I'll be Uncle Doug, I'll just please get my car and my stuff out of Hawk, and no one could help. And so a lifetime of DVDs collected and CDs collected and a bunch of posters from The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail are going to end up as dust in the wind or crushed into a cube when my car is eventually dealt with and Because there's no way I was going to be able to pay $812.51 just to get my broken car back. I feel like if if a garage tries to fix your car and is unsuccessful and then goes, oh, we found out after we tried to fix it, that it was this thing that was wrong, and it's not worth throwing any more money at, so dot dot dot, the rest of that sentence should be, so, I mean, maybe pay us for the labor, and like, we'll take the new parts out that we installed, and call it even, because then it would have been like, I don't know, 300 bucks for the labor, and I still didn't have the money, but to raise 300 bucks as opposed to 800 bucks. And then I could have maybe junked the car for 100 bucks, and so then whoever stepped in and saved the day could have been like, hmm, there's 300, but really only 200. 
Anyway, so that car is gonna be um, just a part of my history that it'll just go away forever. And then I got some contact from the family that was like, are you really gonna come up to Utah? Like, that could be awesome. Oh my gosh. We'll hang out and And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't have that much stuff, so I'll be able to bring it all with me. And then I was met with immediate resistance from my mom saying, it's either you or your stuff, not both. And this room that I'm currently staying in, that I'm recording this episode in, could have easily fit all my stuff including my piano <sighs> and so after I got the word of only you or your stuff I'm like okay so my stuff doesn't matter at all and and then it's like we're opening our doors to you and I'm like yeah, and it's exactly what you wanted. I mean, for the short term anyway, but... It sucks for all parties involved, and... Yeah, I'm gonna be crashing into your life, but... It's gonna be better than... Better for all of us than the... Last situation I was in, which was... Staying with my uncle, and, you know, we had good times and bad, and we patched things up there at the end when I was for sure leaving, but not to that part of the story yet. So, then I go, well, if you're going to fly me up, and I can only take a few things. What if I was able to raise 500 bucks, which would pay for gas and the car for two days, and and it would fit all of my stuff, and then I could just drive up and and unload my stuff into the room I'll be staying in. No, even if you raise the money. No, you cannot do that. Well, fucking damn it. Shit. Fuck. So then I was trying to think of, like, other solutions. Like, maybe I'll try and get a super cheap RV. And, like, if someone will bring it over, then... Then I can... Or free, or like to people, some people have RVs that just aren't running anymore, and they'll junk them, and they'll be like, please haul this away. And I was like, maybe I'll do that, and then call a different number of people who haul them away for money, and try and do a weird side hustle that way, and 
raise enough money to get myself an RV and then just get the heck back to LA. And then I was sat down by my uncle and he he was like, you gotta go. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you gotta go today. This is your last day. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't put up a fight. Because it would have been ugly and it would have been lame and and I was looking for a reason to leave anyway and so now that he's like you need to go right now I'm like fucking fine I'll leave and I'll end up in Utah and just fucking see what happens I guess <sighs> And, um, well, I packed up all my things. Oh, before I packed up all my things, I had already packed up and put all my things into a corner of the room. And I measured it, and I was like, there's only 40 cubic feet here. Like, this will certainly fit in that room where I'll be staying. And I took a video, and I put an update on my GoFundMe, and I was like, hey, please help me raise $500 so that I can get this truck up to my parents' place, but again, like I said earlier, that wasn't in the cards at all, and so I grudgingly, begrudgingly, slothfully gathered a small amount of things that I could bring and that I could barely physically carry and <sighs> I uh, had to leave the rest behind and well uncle helped me cover everything once it was outside. We covered it in case of rain and in case wind blows anything away. And, um, we did an okay job. We did decent. And then once everything was all covered up, he's like, you know, this would be a lot safer for you if we put it on the inside of the yard. And it was after he had, like, cleared a spot on the front yard next to the fence. And, like, <laughs> because the first thought that he had was, well, I'm going to help him move his stuff here. But I don't want it fucking taking up any of my room in the in the side yard. And the side yard's like pretty big. And so then after finishing putting everything down and covering it up and protecting it from the elements and stuff, he's like, you know, this would be better for you 
if it was on the other side of this fence. And I'm like, it fucking physically destroyed, exhausted from the Lyme disease. Like, I, I had almost passed out a couple times just, just like, covering up all the stuff and, like, using a staple gun to make sure the plastic doesn't fly away and I'm like I, I honestly couldn't move this stuff again if I tried I'm so so damn tired and I was like wobbly legs and like just a general malaise and so he's like so you're really leaving tomorrow <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you kicked me out, remember? And then I told my parents, and then they quick booked a flight. Which, like, used miles or whatever, so... It was just based on credit card points, and... And then we buried the hatchet, and just kind of talked, and... Talked adult to adult, instead of senior citizen to child because that's how he fucking saw me the whole time just like this fucking kid rolling into my life and fucking up my retirement home <laughs> I'm like you offered to give me a room to stay in so we were in this awkward place where it was like he got himself into this mess and I'm like and I don't have any money, so thanks for the roof, and thanks for the stories. Got to a point where I heard the same story, like, maybe 20 times, and then I was like, you know, I'm just gonna chill in the room and listen to podcasts and look for work and just kind of keep to myself a little bit. It wasn't great, so, so then I flew on a plane to Utah, and when, when uh, all the bags were put away, and they were coming through the cabin to do their final check, um, one of the flight attendants saw that my, I had a cane and you can't have a cane out because if there's turbulence or if like a lot of turbulence and the cane can go flying, smack someone in the face, what if it breaks and then jabs someone or me or whatever and I'm like, yeah, I get it. And put it up there, and then she's about to put it up in the overhead. And I look up, and I'm like, "There's room up there, yeah." And she was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna put it here." And then while I was looking up, something slipped, and the cane fell and hit me on the bottom lip. And I can't feel it that much anymore, because now it's been. 
couple days, few days. But I, I, I was like, oh, ow. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that's all right. I mean, you didn't mean to. And she's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. And she put the cane back up and secured it this time. And, and um, it was an apology. She was like, can I? Can I get you anything? I'm going to get you some ice. And she got me some ice in this, in a um, rubber glove. And like tied off the rubber glove. <laughs> and I mean, I got to hand it to her. That was a good, that was quick thinking. And, um, but then they were coming around for the drink orders and she goes, do you want to, do you want a, a drink? I can I can get you a drink on the house. And uh, I'd already gotten a soda, and then I was like, "All right, I'll I'll check this out." And she's like, "Okay." And she got me a double, and I'm like, "All right, cool." And I poured it in, and I mixed in some Dr Pepper, and it was nice. It was good. And I'm like listening to a podcast or, yeah, I think I was listening to podcasts the whole time and she's like, is, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. They passed out more pretzels and I'm like, give me some of those pretzels and... I didn't have to say that. They were just passing them out anyway. And then the person in the seat next to me didn't want their pretzels. And they just had already passed them and passed our row. Even though he was like, no thanks. And then I just kind of put my hand on the pretzels. And I was like, hmm? And he was like, yeah, of course. So I had like a bunch of pretzels and a few sodas. And flying high and... So then the plane lands and then I'm in Utah and I'm like, fuck, fuck this new beginning, fuck this new life. I had to leave all my stuff behind, two record players, a Nintendo Wii, a toaster oven, all my records, um, most of my clothes. A bunch of board games. And, um... A bunch of art that I hadn't gotten to hang up. That I'm glad I didn't hang up in the last house I was living in. Not Uncle Rod's house, but the house before that. Because... Damn, damn, did I see the writing on the wall. I was like, I'm living in a living room. And there's seven people around, and... Constantly being hassled for rent. And I've been trying to look for work and nothing, just fucking nothing's taking. And, um... My skateboard and, like, 
bunch of shit. Just stacked and covered and hopefully no one fucks with it. And um let's see. Oh, before I flew to Utah though, this was like the day before I'd gotten a voicemail from my second cousin, who I've never met before, and they threatened to personally come down there and kick my ass. They also told me to kill myself, and that scared the shit out of me, because not only was this someone that I never met before, but this is like an older person. stable person is leaving threatening voicemails to a person they've never met before. Cool, 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 cool. So I saved it. I played it for Uncle Rod because I had told him about it. He's like, this is the first time hearing about it. Of course, if someone leaves a threatening voicemail, they're not going to go bragging about it. But I I showed him, I like played it for Uncle Rod and he was like, I'm going to talk to him about this. This is not cool. And I'm like, fucking thank you. Because, god damn, it was scary and not cool at all. And I also saved it on my phone. Because, damn. Fuck that fucking shit. And then I tried to play it for my mom and dad when I got here. My mom, like ran away because she couldn't bear to even think to listen to that kind of a thing. I don't know. She's more sensitive than... Um, let's see. A balloon that has had air in it for 50 years and... Like, you know how when a balloon gets, like, kind of old, you're like, oh, this kind of looks like a frail balloon. And then you pop it, and it's, like, super easy to pop, and it doesn't even pop loud. It's just kind of like, she's, like, more sensitive than that. <clears throat> my dad listened to it though and he was like this is not good and I'm like thank you for listening to it and thanks for agreeing with me that this scary email from a second cousin is not cool and it's like yikes I was thinking of putting that on the episode, and I'm like, eh, that might be one step too far to I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. My family's super fucked up. 
Um, and here I am, trying to entertain you in the meantime. <laughs> Holy shit. So, yeah, day one I get here. And day two, my mom's like, okay, you need to go to therapy. And I'm like, ugh. Right, the contract I had to sign between you, me, and dad. And it's in triplicate. And like, it doesn't look all that official. But it's, I think it's more of a show of faith. A sign of good faith that I'm like, look, I'm here. Against my best wishes. I had to leave all my possessions behind and quote-unquote start over. Like None of us are, are ecstatic about this situation. So I signed the contract and I'm like, there. And I went to this therapy session and this guy was like, he was okay. And we didn't dig that deep, but I just basically told him, like, what the circumstances were that led me up to this point, and and it was like, okay, well, well, you seem to have the things going to to like deal with stresses and well yeah I make shit I make art when I when I'm stressed or when I'm inspired and decompartmentalize that way and so it was fine and then I was like well I gotta get a job in the meantime while I'm here, because that's another part of the contract. And so, um, I had a plan to apply at Popeyes. And, um, so day three of me being here, I was filling out a Popeye's application, and then I got a text from my brother-in-law that was like, hey, this such-and-such such place is hiring. I saw a sign-up, and I'm like, all right. I'll check that out once I finish filling out this Popeye's application. So I finished filling it out, submitted it, good to go. And then I called up the restaurant, and I was like, hey, uh, Heard you guys are hiring, what positions? And I get handed over to someone who's, like, in charge. What positions? I'll cook for nights. Um, you'd be working nights, and, um, what were you looking for? Like, part-time, full-time, or, like, full-time, if it's possible. And they're like, yeah. Well... What kind of experience do you have? I'm like, I worked for this restaurant, this restaurant, this restaurant. Boom, boom, boom. 
And they're like, well, maybe I'll bring you in for an interview. Oh, okay. Uh, when's good? And they were like, well, how about today at like uh, 4 o'clock? And I'm like, yeah, okay. So, I text my mom and I text my brother-in-law and I'm like, I guess we just got an interview. What? Cool. And then I get a ride over there and it's like, are you going to be able to do the duties of the job? Yeah, I'll be able to. Okay, so you, uh, what brings you to this area? What brings you to the fast foods? You've worked all these jobs. And I'm like, well, live with my parents again. i got to get a job. And, uh, and ultimately one day I want to make my way back to L.A. and who knows how long that'll take, but in the meantime, I can work here and maybe save up and get a place to get out of my parents' hair and then save up some more and uh, eventually move back. And then they're like, all right, well... I think, uh, I think we can go ahead and hire you. Um, <laughs> I'm like, huh? Like, yeah, when, do you have any questions? And I'm like, um, I guess when can I start? Today's Thursday, um, maybe like Friday or Saturday? And they're like, yes, how about Saturday? Cool. So the day you're listening to this, if you're listening on Friday, it's like my waiting time between having gotten the job, getting hired, I filled out a bunch of uh, paperwork and tax info and stuff, and I'm going to start a new job on Saturday. Which is pretty cool because I've been trying to get a job for so fucking long in L.A. In the Bay Area and nothing was taking. And this was like, alright, okay, you're hired. We'll see you Saturday. <laughs> Holy shit. Thank you. It's not even the end of the episode yet because I was like, well, I texted and I tweeted about it too. And I was like, I got a job. I'm hired. And everyone's like, woo. And I'm like, debate party. And man, I don't know if like... People out here aren't that politically minded, or if my family just 
settled into living life and just being, I don't want to say all of them are blissfully ignorant, because, I mean, my dad works for the news, and so he was going to see some stuff from the debates anyway, but my mom was like, no, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, what? What? How can you not care at all? I don't understand. And she was like, no, I don't want it. And like she also had somewhere to be. And I'm like, but... Okay. So, the debates were on, and like, my sister comes over with my nephew, and... And they're like running around and playing, and... And the debates are going, and I'm like, man, it's super weird that I'm sitting here, like, trying to stay informed, be an informed electorate, <laughs> be an informed voter, and, like, not bullshit myself or the ballot box when I, when whatever it's time to go and vote, and... And, like, I know it's not end-all, be-all, watch it, or or else you're not informed, but it's just a really easy way to stay informed of what's happening. Um, so the debates happen, and I'm like, alright, yeah, Bernie had some good points. Beto had a couple good points. Um, Julian Castro and man, when when the guy from Univision asked Kamala Harris, like, oh, so you've changed your position on this and this and this and this. When you were in power as the Attorney General, why didn't you do anything about it then? <laughs> and she was flummoxed. She was like, oh. And then she went on this thing and brought up Donald Trump. And you're like, what a fucking avoidant way to go about this. Like, there was a lot of avoiding of topics and And the most common thing heard that night was, look. Because <laughs> it's an imperative that's like, not too demanding, but just demanding enough to be like, look, I know what I'm talking about here, so I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> cool, political games, all right. Reindeer games, cool. Boiler room, alright, got you. And, um... I don't know. <sighs> I'm glad I recorded this now instead of trying to record it 
later on Friday. But I'm going to post this and please rate my podcast. Give it five stars. Say something in the review. Post it up there. It's like a 4.1 rating right now. Because my brother, when he rated it, he rated it three stars. Ooh. <laughs> it didn't blow me away, so, like, it's not the point. It's like with Uber or Lyft. If I get a low enough star rating, I'll get off-boarded off of iTunes. Just kidding. Just kidding. But couldn't hurt to give it five stars. Say something cool in the review. Talk about how you found it in the review. So there's a review up and someone was like, I heard this guy on Nerdist. On the five year anniversary. I'm like, that's cool. I was at I was at that podcast. This was before all of the all of the news dropped about about you know you know who the host of Nerdist is. It's not even called Nerdist anymore, it's called ID ten T, I think. If it's even still going. And then someone else was like, Oh, this guy's the laughing guy on Harmontown. So I'm like, Yeah, once upon a time. So hit up the podcast at Yamatat Y A M A T A T. Email the podcast any questions or comments or anything you want to say. Yamatap podcast at gmail.com. Check out my music, my original music at really glad you Check out my blog at mockboy media. That's M O Q boy media.wordpress.com. Check out my original art. Some of it's up on dugathan.threadless.com. That's Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N. Twitch.tv slash Dougathan. YouTube.com slash Dougculp. I'm all over the internet. Find me and uh, rate, rate my stuff. Give it thumbs up. Give it subscribe. Five stars, etc., etc. Okay, this has been You and Me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp, and I'll think of a title later. It's probably something about getting a job. All right.